Welcome to the Seek 24 podcast. I'm John Michael Lucido, and I am so glad that you are here. This podcast is a place of community, collaboration, and inspiration created to invite and encourage you deeper into relationship with Jesus. So here we go. Well, hello, messy families. Oh, actually, wait, wait, this is the Seek podcast, right? Yes, exactly. Right. So may, may, there may be some family. There may be some messy families or people who are part of messy families. Listening. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, we are Mike and Alicia Hernan of the Messy Family podcast, and we are honored and excited to be a part of the Seek podcast. Absolutely. So thanks for clicking play. Yes. Yeah. And we are honored to be coming back to be part of the Seek family. And we are going to be talking about, I think, I think we are talking about the most important topic that anyone at any conference anywhere can talk about. We might be biased. But I think that we might be biased, but I actually really do believe this. It's fundamental for every human person. We're talking about the family and the impact that it has on your life and the essential things that you get and uh, you need Right. To have a family fully alive. Because really every person, even if you are not physically, biologically a mother or father right now, every person, every man is called, is, is called to be a father. And every every woman. woman is called to be a mother. And so you, if you are a college student listening, you are learning, you're preparing for that. If you are a single person listening, you can start doing that right now in your life, in your vocation. If you are a married person listening to that, you are doing that on a physical level and on a spiritual <laughs> that's right, level. That's right, that's so right. everyone is welcomed here. Everyone yeah. is welcomed. And, and, and every person has come from a family. And if we look at it at the end result for all eternity, we're all going to be joined into mm -hmm. a family. Uh, mm -hmm. And all of us as disciples uh, of Jesus Christ are called into a deeper calling, a sacred calling. Yeah. And uh, as we look out at the church and the world, we have to recognize that as um, uh, as we pray for vocations for the priesthood and religious life, which we need more holy priests, more holy religious, right? We also recognize that there is a beautiful and awesome sacred calling to being a mother and a father, a husband and wife. And as you're going into this, we want to plant some seeds about you know, looking back at your own family, but also yeah. looking forward uh, so that you can be fully equipped and fully prepared yeah. for what it means. To and, be. you know, there's obviously this beautiful synergy with the consecrated life and with um, yeah. family life, you know, that one, they both depend on the other. That's right. And I, I mean, gosh, when and it breeds I life uh, yes. into one and the other, right? when I look at um, good and holy priests and how they serve families, when I look at religious sisters and the example that they are, that is our final end, right? Is to be yeah. full. Each one of us yes. is going to be fully wedded to Christ. And they are an example of that right here on earth. We, I feel encouraged in my role in my vocation, but I know that they need our vocation That's right. That's right. <laughs> as well. So no matter where you're at, we, um, one of the things that we say, we just got back actually from, um, traveling up to Minnesota uh, which was wonderful, great fun, great community up there. And one of the things that we were talking to these parents about, and one of the things I said that if they remembered nothing from anything that we said over the weekend, we want them to remain, remember this one phrase that the Catholic family has what the whole world is looking for. Right. And right. I want you, you're listening right now. Just think about that for a second. The Catholic family has what the whole world is looking for. And that's what we're going to talk about in this podcast today. And, and if you kind of look at it from a big picture, right, you step back and say, okay, what's God's big plan? Yeah. What's his plan for salvation, right? It, there was a 
God's plan and the enemy's plan. And God had a plan that began with a man and a woman. And and if you trace all throughout scripture, you see marriage throughout the Old Testament. You see Mm -hmm. it alive in in John. John, uh, St. John the Baptist is calling out marriage. Where does Christ reveal his ministry? At a wedding feast. What is the final book of the Bible? You know, the the wedding supper of the lamb. Mm -hmm. Marriage, family is teeming throughout scripture and salvation history. But that was God's plan. There was also an, a plan of the enemy. And St. John Paul II would talk about how when the devil attacked in the garden, the garden of evil, one of the things he was trying to do was create orphan children that did not know God as their father. Okay. He wanted to uh, not just destroy, um, uh, you know, bring sin into the world. He wanted to destroy the family. He wanted to go right. and make the Adam and Eve orphans, orphans who don't trust in a heavenly father who don't believe in a good father. Mm -hmm. And one of his primary tactics for harming the human race, one of the primary strategies of the enemy is to go after earthly fathers. So we disfigure by, by undermining who our earthly fathers are, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's also separating us from God, our heavenly father. And if you look at like, um, St. Lucia, our, Lucia Fatima, she um, received, or or one of a priest, she wrote in a letter to one of the priests that, uh, to a priest friend of her, actually it's a cardinal, I believe now, who is a cardinal, but um, she said the final battle will be over marriage and family. Right. And that those who serve the family and those who um, promote the family will be attacked. Yes. And so if you look at, yes, that's because she knew that's where Satan started his attack on the family, on fatherhood, right? And that's where He's going to end his tack. And yeah. this, is the, this is the final battle. So that's why this is so important that we understand that not only do we have our own woundedness from our family, you know, there's people dealing with addiction and divorce and just general dysfunction, but also today there are secular forces who are arrayed against the church that's and right. against the family. Right. And now it's even being coming out like right here in Ohio, you know, we're fighting to protect parental rights. The rights of parents to have a say in the to medical. To raise their kids. Yes. And to also to have a say in uh, the medical health of their own children. That it's, is being attacked. And so Satan is like really showing his hand now. It's not simply in the culture and in stupid shows and sitcoms and things like that. Yeah. Now it's actually they're trying to enshrine this into law because there's so many people who look at, oh, well, you know, Parents are messing up here and parents are doing this wrong and kids can be so hurt by their parents, but the family is not the problem. That's right. The family is the solution. (laughs) The family is the solution. There is no more economical, efficient, or effective way to raise a human person than in a family. Yeah. Family is the building block, right? Right. Um, and, And what's, what's fascinating too, is that, you know, looking at social science research, you see the double helix of family and faith intertwined. Yeah. Where, um, where you see the breakdown of the family, that actually preceded, it went before the loss of faith. You know, so, so there is something very, very uh, inescapable about the facts, right? So as, as you see in our world today, there's so many that are, that are falling away from Christ, falling away from the church. I can guarantee you, as you look at those statistics, mm-hmm. right, it's the family that broke down first, and then we had the loss of faith. And we really believe 
that the opposite is also true, meaning that when you restore the natural order, the family, in a powerful way, you also are going to renew and restore the faith in a more powerful way. Because this is, this is the recipe. You know, mm-hmm. This is God's plan. He created a family. Uh, to build us up and strengthen us. Okay, so so if we haven't convinced you, all right. Yet, so that was the so beginning. I, I'm right? hoping. That was the I hope we we're, we're hooked. We hooked you uh, to see this is why this is the most important talk. Right? Yeah, this is the most important thing to talk about. But but there's more. Yes. There's more. All right. So so let let let's break this down here. We <laughs> we see the family. Family does so many things for us. Right. right. As you said earlier, Alicia, the the idea that the family um, imparts both it has the opportunity to impart wounds. Um, as well as great blessings. And let's let's just talk about three of the key things that are imparted by the family on the human person. And when, as we go through these three things, we want you to think about if you are a married person right now, we want you to think about them, how you're doing those for your children and how this is happening for you and your family. And if you're not married yet, you can even think about your family of origin. How did they answer these questions for you? Yeah. So um, the, the, the three things, we'll, we'll start off number one, identity, right? It's within the family that we first answer the question of, who am I? You know, what is, what, what is this person that is, right? You know, right. I am first and foremost a child, a child of my mom and dad. And, and for, uh, for parents, we're saying, you are my child. You are my beloved child. And that is the most foundational part of anyone's identity is, is that they are a child and that in a natural way, getting that identity uh, from your mom and dad, that lays the foundation for you to understand that you are son and daughter, a beloved son or daughter of God, the father. Right. Right. And and when a lot of times when we talk to parents, we talk about in the zero to six um, time, that's what the child is doing. The child is building themselves. There is, when a child is born, there's no separation in their little minds and their little infant minds between themselves and their mother. Right. They are, because they think about, you know, they're connected to mom within the womb for nine months. And so that process, that first six years of life, what are they doing? They are separating from their mother and they are building, who am I? That's why little kids are always like mine, 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 you know, because they're things around them. They, they're extension of them. They're just figuring out, who they are. And that's, of course, that's on a very natural psychological level, but that continues. The family continues to impart identity. And what is the most important thing that a parent, the identity that a parent can um, give to a child is that you are good. Yeah, you at are the core good. of who they are, right? You are good just because you are you. And, and so many times parents, maybe with the best of intentions, Fail to do that. Fail to delight. To communicate to that. Commu- right. you know, right. To delight and affirm yeah. and, and make sure our kids know at the core of who they are, right? right? And for many of us as adults, we look back and we're like, was I delighted in? Yeah. Was I really given the full affirmation mm-hmm. of the father? And in a, in, a, in a real way, on an earthly level, we can never get filled up enough, which is why we need God. We have a longing right. from within us from the very beginning, even with the best mom and dad. You still mm-hmm. need God. Can I just say, can I say one thing too, <clears throat> before we move on to the second thing is that why did Jesus come? Yeah. Why did Jesus come? That's right. When the disciples the asked, <laughs> I'm looking at Mike, like he should answer. No, but don't answer. Okay. Cause I want to yeah, answer. Okay. So why did Jesus come? And when the disciples asked Jesus, why did you come? He said, I came to show you the father. Yeah. I came to sh- that. Jesus came to bring us into relationship. So we all know. 
We are a beloved son. That's right. We're, we are a beloved daughter. And we're no longer orphans. That's right. Yeah. We're no longer slaves. We're, we're sons and daughters of the king. But that begins, that foundation is laid first within the family. Right. Something powerful about this. All right. So uh, the second uh, um, thing that really, that the powerful uh, gift uh, that is conferred uh, by the family is belonging. You know, it, it, when we're talking to parents, uh, we ask this question, why do you love your kids? And just, you know, think about it. It's like, oh, do you love them because they're high-performing kids, because they're really funny, they're cute, they're, you know, maybe they do what you want, maybe they're obedient, or all the, the answer always comes back, well, I love them because they're mine, you know? <laughs> because I, I might like your kids. Your kids right. might be fun. We like a lot of kids. We, we like do. a lot of we people's actually, kids. We're, we're kid kind we of people. We are definitely kid people. But I love my kids because they're mine. There's something right. powerful about this. And, and this is, again, one of those fundamental questions that are, our, our, our hearts are longing for, yes. you know, where, okay, first, who am I? And then where do I belong? Where do I fit in this world? Where's my place? Where's, mm-hmm. where's the place that I can call home? Yeah. And, and that is first answered in the home. And if you mm-hmm. think about it in a, a real just physical way, right. And in there, we all know from theology of the body, there's so much, the body speaks truth that a, a child was tethered, physically tethered to the mom. And because, you can't get more belonging than right. that. <laughs> how more attached, how much more belonging, right. right? This is my, it's physically attached to me, this child, right? And through marriage, through a sacred bond, now we understand that this child belongs to this married couple. Everyone can see that. Right. The world can see that this father belongs to this child. Yeah. And that is where all love begins yeah. in a sense of belonging. You are mine. It, mm-hmm. it, it's so hard to love the the theoretical and the generic, right? We mm-hmm. can say all those things, but really, it, it, it's it's so so important that as a um, as an individual that they know who they are mm-hmm. and where they belong. You know what? I I think about that image of home, right? Mm-hmm. That image of home. Why is that so powerful? Home. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it about the, so um, much emotions, right? Exactly. I was thinking about the um, the song from The Greatest Showman. You know, when he's like out on the road and he realized he's going home yes, and he sings yes. that song. And I was, I'm sitting here. I was like trying to think of it, so I, I can't think of it off the top right. of my head. But anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> I know that's what yeah, I was doing. It, I couldn't think of it. But anyway, but why is that? I we love that song. Yeah, I love that song so much. We will and come it's back because, home. Yes, because you're coming back home. There's something about that because home implies belonging. Right. It evokes the emotion of belong, or at least it should. It, it, you know? it, and it ought to be that safe place where you exactly. are you are known and loved. Right. And in talking to um, we recently did a uh, we finished a video series um with um Shalom World on guide to parenting. And in in that, we interviewed um this one couple about preparing for adolescence. And one of the things um that this the couple was saying. Uh, the Miramis, they talked about always making sure that your children, when they become teenagers and young adults and they're out in the world, that they always know that they belong in your home. That's right. That they, oh, no matter what happens in their life, no matter how they may wander, no matter what, that your children know they always have a place in your home. Yeah. And that's just such a beautiful, and that, I remember when she said that, it wasn't what I was expecting her to say, mm. but I, but that really resonates because that's what we, as parents, we are supposed to impart that sense of belonging to our children. So they have that secure place no matter what. And you know what, if they wander away from the faith, they kind of need that even more, Yeah, you know, yeah. to know that this is the place in my home with my parents 
who have God at the center, even if I disagree or not or whatever with my parents, I know I belong here. I know yeah. I'm loved here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that building on these first two identity and belonging leads us to our third uh, vital gift that we get that's conferred on us that begins in our family is mission. So identity, belonging, and mission. Really building on these two, the person is strengthened. The individual, the full flourishing of that individual comes alive. But in the home, we're first given the, 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 the answer to the question, what is my purpose? That's right. What am I here for? How many people ask that question? They're walking around like knowing, what is my purpose? What, yeah. What, what, yeah. Victor Frankl would say that, you know, that those who would survive in the prison of uh, war camps during the, the Nazi uh, regime, he would say those that had a meaning, those who had a purpose in, a, in their life, those are the ones who could survive and get beyond the, the cruelty. And That's the, how the important purpose right. is. So it's like this, yeah. we, we, from the very early days, uh, you, all of us are gifted this, right? And some of it is, is, is fully alive. And we're, we're, we've got a clear sense of our identity, a clear sense of our belonging, a clear sense that we have a mission that we can do something in this world. And again, this is the, the foundation. It isn't, we're not done with the story. We're, we're, we're given an opportunity to build on that. And we're also given opportunities to go back and transform and even heal in these right. areas. But each one of these three are so, so fundamental to who yeah. we are as human persons. And it all begins in the family. And, you know, when when you look around at our world today and this, again, kind of going back to this whole idea, idea of why family is so important. You look at the breakdown in our society of the and family. this is coming from the breakdown of yeah, the family yeah, yeah, because you yeah. have all these people walking around in the world who don't know who they are. Yeah. Because guess what, guys, if the family doesn't answer these questions for people. The world is very happy to answer those questions. The world, secular world, they'll say, oh, this is who you are. Yeah. I'll tell you who you are. I'll tell you who you belong to, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you what your purpose is. And I guarantee it is not in uh, accordance with who they were created to be, who each person, human person is created to be. Mm. And this is why I think that we have so much woundedness in our world. So true. Because people have not had these questions answered. And this is why even in crazy, messy Catholic family homes, so this is why what is happening within those homes is so important yeah. because we have to answer those questions for our children. And, and when we as um, parents recognize that we're conferring this on our kids, but it, it also changes us. Yes. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is that like, because when I was um, a single person, right, my identity was. I am a daughter. daughter right? I am the daughter of my father and my mother, right? And then when I got married, my identity changed. My identity was then, it's like, I am now a wife. Right. Uh, where's my belonging? My belonging isn't with my family of origin. My belonging is with my husband. Right. What is my mission? Well, now the kids come along. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, yes. And the kids really become your mission. But then when you become a mother, your identity changes again. Right. You know, because now I am a biological mother. And now even if you don't have children, you still can step into that role of spiritual motherhood. That's right. Right. And as now, as my children grow and are less and less dependent on me, we can turn and become spiritual parents for more people. But the point is, is that your identity, belonging and mission does change based on your state of life. Right. You know, and so my belonging is in my home with my children. They are my first mission. And this is the be great beauty, too, of being um, entering into the vocation of marriage is that my holiness, my mission isn't found 
out on the streets and in the mission fields primarily. It may eventually go there, right? But my first mission That's right. as a married woman is to my family. That's right. And, and, and it's really important that we get that order of identity right. Yeah. Uh, so for us as human beings, as, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are first and foremost um, a son or daughter yeah. of, a, of a human or natural parents, but also of our heavenly father, that we get the fact that we need to put the oxygen mask on ourselves, that mm-hmm. we need to receive from the almighty so that we can bring that to our next order of identity, which is our a husband and wife. And then right. from that, from that strength, from those levels, if you will, of identity, then we can pour ourselves out on mission as moms and dads. And as we look at this, um, moms and dads particularly, um, and all of us really need to begin the process of thinking about this, because if you're not a mom and dad right now, you, there's a high chance you will be. The more we can invest in thinking through and saying, mm-hmm. how am I going to be <clears throat> passing on identity, belonging, and mission in the home? How how have I received that? And how am I going to share that? Because you, your home um, needs to be that, that sacred place, that oasis where that all are known and loved. Mm. And, you know, we're actually just talking to a dad um at this, at this event we did up in Minnesota. And he said, you know what, in listening to you guys talk about this, I realized my parents didn't give me that strong identity, belonging right. and mission. Yes. And now he is married with children and beautiful, you know, Catholic family. And, and he said, I realized that that has been part of my struggle in realizing that. And so if you look at your family, you said, I never got that. You need to start being founded in your identity as a beloved son or daughter of God. Right. And right. you need to belong. And this is where the church comes in, right? Yeah. The church as a loving mother says, you belong here. Yeah. You belong here. You're mine. This is where You're you mine. do belong. And, exactly. And your, knowing that that from even from our, our, our foundation uh, of becoming Catholics, we become pa- Catholics by baptism. Yeah. It's, it's a rite of passage saying you are now a member of the body of Christ. You have right. a new identity in Christ. The church uses those words. Yeah. And you belong here and you have a mission right? A mission to be a light in the world. Right. right? And, and this is a powerful moment for us that again, no matter where we're at, what state of life we're in, we have to recognize this is our sacred calling. This is a quest that parents have a, 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 a duty, a responsibility and an honor. So let's talk about this sacred calling for a second, yeah. because really we as parents um, are being transformed. When we say your vocation, vocation is your path to holiness. This is how you are becoming. What is being holy? Being holy is becoming more like God, right? More like Jesus. How did Jesus love? He poured himself out. They say that, says that in Philippians, right? That Christ poured himself out. That's what we do in our homes, right? We're pouring ourselves out for our children, learning to become more into the image of Christ, more into the image of God. And I don't think that most of us are used to thinking about you know, the chaos in our homes. Right, well, it's the, this, this, just go back for flashback right to our college days and, and our single days. We had a lot of time. Mm-hmm. We could go to holy hours. We could go to all these things. And then, then you, you become a mom, you become a dad. And then you feel like I'm not holy anymore. I'm not praying anymore. <laughs> I can barely pick up a Bible. I'm, and I'm saying horrible things that I've never said to anybody in my entire life. And I'm, I'm saying them to a four-year-old. I, I thought you I know? was a good person until I had kids. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But no, no, that you are becoming holy. <laughs> right. You are, but it is in a different way. 
And it's in, a, it's in a different way. It's not necessarily through contemplation in the season of your life. That's right. It's through pouring yourself out right. for your family, right. for your children. And, 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 and the family is naturally designed as that saint making machine, naturally designed for sacrifices and the, the gift of self. And it brings up a lot of issues and challenges yeah. because this is, this is a, it's not an easy path and it doesn't always look like you would see in a holy card. Right. And you know, I, I just want to give you this a little, tell you this little story, um, little example here. So, okay. So picture this, right? So you have this young Catholic woman, she feels like she has a vocation. So she goes to the convent and the, the good sisters there are like, no, we don't feel like you have a vocation. So she, so she leaves the convent. She meets a wonderful Catholic man. You know, they, they fall in love, they get married and they have a bunch of children, but they do have conflict because yeah. she likes to shop. Oh man. And he gets annoyed because she spent so much money on clothes. <laughs> And no, I'm not talking about myself. <laughs> um, but anyway, she works full time. She works full time. She has a nanny who cares for the kids. Um, her her kids hate that. They hate the nanny. One of her children is expelled from school. And like many women, she struggles with anxieties um, and even depression sometimes. But she brings all of those things to our Lord and to our lady in prayer. And she is and she's faithful to and that. She's offering it up. Yeah. How you may look at her life and be like, okay, wait a minute. How is that woman embracing her sacred calling? Is that calling what she is doing? Is that really sacred? Well, I want to tell you something. That woman is St. Zelie Martin. I got that whole story from the book, The Extraordinary Life, uh, The Extraordinary Parents of St. Therese of Lisieux. It's an amazing book. But that woman is St. Zelie Martin. She is the wife of a saint. She is the mother of St. Therese of Lisieux, who is a doctor of the church. So she gave birth to a doctor of the church who then transformed, helped to enlighten our minds to a new way of prayer and a new way we can have relationship with God. I think that St. Sally Martin did a lot for the church. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think could, that that happened. I think you could say that her calling was sacred. That's right. Okay. That's right. And so what the reason I share that story with you is because I think that we need to have a different way. We need to change the way that we envision what a sacred calling looks right, like. Right. Like we need to stop thinking that for a calling to be sacred, we need to be constantly on our knees or floating through life, thinking about heaven all the time. That is not the vocation of a married person. The vocation of a married person is getting up in the middle of the night to like clean up, throw up off the floor. You know, it's, it's staying up until your teenager comes home at midnight, you yes. know? <laughs> well, cause, cause the, the religious have their hours. They, they get up right. in the middle of the night, maybe to do prayers or w wake up early. You know, right. we have that designed within our natural right. rhythm of our home that we're up with a sick child or waiting up for some crazy teenager or whatever it might be. As a parent, we have all of these opportunities built right in. And we're supposed to take the stuff that we have, the life that we are ordered to, that God has said, this is good. This is holy. Yeah, and make and, that as an offering. And the church says that um, the laity consecrates the world to God. That's right. That's what we do by living in the world. We are consecrating the world. To God, we're bringing that to him. Isn't that a powerful thing though? And uh, so St. Saint, um, Saint Alphonsus Liguori, and he is really like a heavy hitter. You know, I mean, he just kind of cuts right to the chase here. So just to share with you, so St. Alphonsus, he recognized that a parent's first obligation, their right. path to holiness was caring for their children. And this is the way that he put it. He put, he said, were fathers or mothers to lead a life of piety and continual prayer and to receive communion every day they would be damned if they neglected the care of their children. Yeah. Why? 
Why? Why did he say that? Because the care of their children is their first obligation. And to and I go to communion every day so I can get the strength to care for my That's children. Right. We need know? Jesus. That's right. I need Jesus to do that. And, and but, but Jesus said, this is your mission. Exactly. This is your sacred calling. This and, is how you work out in fear and trembling. And we don't say, oh, no, no, Lord, I don't want, believe me, believe me. There are many times in my life I would have said, oh yeah, no, I would rather not take care of the kids today. I would rather just go and pray all day. Is there, is there an easy button? Where's the easy, but you know what? I don't think religious have an easy button either. I don't think anybody has the easy button. (laughs) And that's right. The grass is not only not greener, but it's like, it's a calling that's perfectly suited and designed by God for us. And and again, we talked about this, but this is our mission field. The home uh, for the lay are the mission field. And as parents, we need to recognize that we don't necessarily have a seminary. We're not sent off for a formation there. As parents, we don't have a seminary. We just have kids, right? We are given these kids who sometimes drive us crazy, but yeah. they, they they expose. Like, again, I said earlier, you know, I didn't feel like, I, I, I thought I was a good person before I had kids. And they brought up anger issues. They brought up my impatience. They brought up all these things. They diagnosed things within my life uh, through both my spouse and my children, things that I needed to work on that needed to be exposed to the light of day so that I could become more virtuous, so that I could be more surrendered, right. so that my life could become more of a sacrifice. And in our homes, not only are we um, we being transformed, but somehow in this miraculous gift, the, the gift of self, um, our kids are coming along in that process as well. Because I felt like my job early on was to make my kids into saints. And what I've discovered is it's not my job to make them as saints. It's their job to make me into a saint, meaning th- that that they are helping me become who God called me to be, right. who he has designed me for. Right. And they are our mission and they will have their own vocation and the religious community or their family will help them to become a saint. But right now, this is where we have to look at ourselves and say, I need to allow my children to change me. Mm. And the beautiful thing about this whole process is that not only is family life important for children, not only is it important for parents, but this is where we Catholic families, we are becoming a witness to God's love for humanity. We are witnessing, we are showing, we are demonstrating. This is how God loves. This is how God loves. And this is how we, and the church even tells us, the mission, the family has the mission to guard, reveal, and communicate love. And listen, this is a living reflection of and a real sharing in God's love for humanity and the love of Christ the Lord for the church, his bride. So this is what I always think of is that when people walk around and they say, what is God like? And they don't know what God is like when they're wondering, what is God like? They should be looking at a father playing ball with his kid and be like, that's what God the yes, father is like. Yes. You know, when they're like, when they see a mother like comforting a little baby, they should say, oh, that that's what God is like. That's that's who God is. That's how God loves us. You know, Bishop Olmsted of Phoenix has this great um letter that he wrote to families called Complete My Joy. And I just want to read this one quote from in there, which I just love it so much. That's so great. He says, when the world's coldness, monotony, or malevolence cause people to wonder, as they often do, whether God exists at all, where has he placed the clearest sign that he is indeed present and that he is love? He placed it in the family. Man and woman, united in lifelong marriage, bringing the child a fruit of their love into their little community, growing love in the world, growing visible light 
to counter the darkness. That is what the family is called to do, is to love, to guard, reveal, and communicate love, and to grow that visible light to counter this darkness that's all around us. And I think we can all agree. Our world is very dark right now. Yeah. And I see families, families lighting up that darkness, Mm -hmm. showing in a very tangible way, this is beautiful. This is true. This is good. And so wherever you're at in, um, as a college student, as a married couple, as a priest or religious, our, our, our challenge is to embrace our sacred calling. Right. And again, as Alicia said in the very beginning, you know, every man is called to be a father. Every woman is called to be a mother. This is our natural outpouring of our hearts and minds towards the mission of God. Again, some of that might mean natural childhood and spiritual I'm uh, sorry, spiritual motherhood or spiritual fatherhood, or in the natural uh, and and uh, motherhood and fatherhood. This calling, this this invitation, um, this is what our ministry is about: helping moms and dads embrace that sacred calling. This calling will demand everything you have. There, there is there is no easy button, as we said. But, but <laughs> right, look, exactly. But and, and sometimes, as we look out at the challenges before us, we might think we don't have enough, or maybe I, I don't have what it takes. And you're probably right <laughs> because God is going to ask everything you have, take everything you have, and it still may not be good enough because your kids don't need just your good enough. They need God's best. And, and the only way to get there is to you know pray like a farmer who prays for rain, to bring yourself all the way in and allow him to transform and multiply your mm-hmm. efforts. And actually, when we do our talk um, at SEEK, which we are so looking forward to, we are going to be giving some more practical right, advice. We're going to go into the disciplines. So we're to, yeah, we have four habits, um, four disciplines, four habits of the home that we're going to be talking about. And the, and the reason we are talking about these habits or disciplines is because we want to give you something that you can control, something you can count on, something that you can decide to make happen so you can take extreme ownership for your family culture as a mom or a dad, as a husband or a wife. Or you can just simply learn more about what family life is supposed to look like. And so we hope that you will come. Yeah. And and as I look at all of us, we all come from, in a way, a brokenness. But I come from a divorced family, alcoholic father, um, and I had fear coming into our marriage and into our family life. And it took, it was a journey for me, uh, recognizing that I didn't receive all that I maybe should have. And, um, but I looked out at my family, I looked at my wife and I said, I'm going to make a decision that that isn't going to pass through me to my children. And and I feel like you even made that decision in college. You're like, I want my family to be different. And you were seeking your look, not to, you know, whatever, (laughs) but anyway, but you were really seeking and looking for what does family look like? Right. What is it supposed to be? And, and and again, we're all ordered to that. Yeah. And I felt like there, although there were, were wounds and issues and things that I needed to work through, in a way it became a superpower for me because I realized that I needed other people. I needed wisdom and I needed to be fathered by God. Yeah. And, and the only way for me to step into being a husband uh, to my wife and to be a father to my children is to lean into the fatherhood of God, to to fall in his arms. And so I want to invite all of us uh, to be transformed in wherever we're at in our our journey, wherever we're at in recognizing that God wants to father us. He wants to confer a deep sense of identity 
belonging and mission on us. And we want to invite you to our talk for for those who are parents or maybe will be parents someday Mm -hmm. who want to hear about how they in their homes can develop these atomic habits. Yeah. These atomic habits that will transform your home and grow a a vibrant family culture that Mm -hmm. these small investments will have this atomic impact on your family. And you know, hey, just come and join us in changing the world. That's That's all. all. That's all we're doing here. We're changing the world one family at a time. Yeah. God bless you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you so much for listening, friends. For more content from this podcast, please click the link in the episode description. And I invite you to come join us in St. Louis, Missouri, in encountering the person of Jesus Christ at Seek 24 from January the 1st through January the 5th. For more information and to learn how to register, please visit seek.focus.org.